Hey everyone, welcome to a special edition of Eye on Icon. Today, we're just throwing this episode into the Eye on Icon, but I have with me today, Donny. Donny is an iconist from the community. Donny has taken the initiative of coordinating and bringing together the balance team, Scott from the balance team, uh, Parrot9, Lisa and Peter, and myself, along with a few others and a whole lot of iconists into Clubhouse where um, we were able to ask any question we please around the balance protocol. So first and foremost, Donnie, how are you? Thank you for joining me. I'm doing good. You know, what's crazy is that um, I was listening to your podcast this morning. I never thought I'd be doing one with you right now. It's crazy. <laughs> no, no, look, you know, uh, there's so much appreciation from the balance team and everyone in, in the icon community that you you actually just asked the question and then were thrown the curveball off by Scott going, well, why don't you coordinate this? And off you went and did it all. And it's turned out brilliantly. The, um, the sheer amount of information that Scott revealed in this chat was brilliant. So well done. Yeah, man, I was like, I was in the chat room and Scott, Scott's a machine, you know, um, he was answering the same question over and over and over. And I was like, you know what, I think it'd be easier if he could just like go in a clubhouse, answer the same, you know, question one time. And so everyone can listen to him or record it. Um, and just, you know, I also wanted to pick his brain too. I mean, not it's not every day you get to sit down with Scott and ask him questions. I mean, the privilege was all mine, you know, like, I listen to you all the time. Um, to, to meet Pirate Nine and to meet Scott, I mean that was, that was really great, you know. Like, so I just want to say thank you to to you and everybody, anybody's listening out there that joined us today. Thank you for joining us. This was like done on a whim. Literally, I shot my shot. Uh, I was like, we should do this on Clubhouse. Scott responded. I shot my shot with Fez and then with Lisa and then Pete, and I was like, this is really happening. I was like, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> you know, who I'm like, you know, I'm just. You know, some Rick and Morty like meme as my little photo on uh, crypto. It's just, you know, I was like, who am I? But here we are, and I'm happy it all happened. I'm happy it worked out. Thanks again, man. Yeah, no, no. Pleasure was I didn't do anything. Thank you. So, look, let, let's dive into this chat. We we may hear intros again, but um, thank you to Brian Lee from Rhizome who took the initiative and recorded it. So um, we'll we'll get this out and and really I encourage everyone to listen all the way through because I assure you there's some stuff around the rebalancing and the way that's going to work and what changes the team are proposing to make is just brilliant and and it's something that's been on everyone's mind and maybe a bit of a hurdle when they're thinking about balanced at the moment so really listen to what scott has shared it it's 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 extremely unique and and we we were so happy to get this information from him so donnie if there's no final words let's jump into the interview let's do it shall we kick it off Let's start, Scott, since new, in case, you know, people have just discovered, although some of the names I'm seeing, are some people I know of Twitter as well, and I feel they know a lot about um, balance, but give us a quick rundown. For me, the idea of balance actually was, uh, first came up with it back in, I think it was 2019, DevCon Osaka, I'm not exactly sure which year that was, it all kind of blends together these days, Um but Ethereum, that's the Ethereum uh, developer conference, by the way, DevCon, and uh, Ethereum was really pumping the idea of DeFi and all its different applications and how it can help people uh, in developing countries and things like that. And I can just like an Ethereum product, it's really something that every public blockchain with a cryptocurrency needs. Um, and 
I guess that spark is re- that that thought came from the fact that you know my prior experience to working with Icon in the, in this ecosystem was in uh, investment banking, primarily on the debt side of things, uh, specifically asset-backed securities. And really, what I learned through that uh, my time there is is you know debt is what makes the world go around, and debt is what fuels growth and expansion. And you know, if you're going to have a public blockchain cryptocurrency with with loyal holders uh, that want, you know, to hold on to the asset for the long term, you know, they need to be able to get leverage against it. Or, I mean, all they can do is hold on to it, you know, hope it goes up in value. But some people want to still maintain their position while still being able to invest in other things or, uh, you know, fuel growth, uh, spend money, a lot of different things that you can do. So uh, once you once you uh, you know, add leverage to the equation. And that's what I believe, you know, every public blockchain that's going to survive for the long term needs some sort of leverage component. And, and that's when I started, you know, writing the white paper for Balanced and, and brought us to where we are today here. Yeah, that's great. Thanks. That's a good overview as well. Thanks, Scott. Just want to remind everyone, we have a few people joining Everyone, if you do, it is an open forum. It's not, we've got a few questions planned, but if you have some questions, make sure I think you can stick your hand up or do something. There's some way of interacting. Brian figured it out, so I'm sure everyone will. Um, but please feel free to do that. If not, we'll keep carrying on with questions. But if someone sticks their hand up, we'll get you up on the stage and you can fire away at Scott and Parrot9. So, Scott, you know what? Let, let's just jump in. Let, let's talk about rebalancing. You know, let, let's get this out there. How's, how's it been going? What, what, what are your views on it? What's, what's transpired? What do you feel? Uh, how, how do you feel the community has reacted regarding the shock factor, obviously, when they've experienced a rebalance? Share your views. Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely understand the shock value. Um, I would say that you know, ma- mathematically and, and financially, it's not like something uh, devastating to the borrower and, and can be beneficial in, in many scenarios um, where your your collateral gets sold at a premium. It, it's always getting sold at a premium. Um, so you could, you know, immediately repurchase it if you have some USDT lying around and then you can repurchase it and, at a cheaper price for where it was sold. So if, strictly financially speaking, um, you know, it doesn't lose any value for the borrower. Your debt is paid off at a premium and your collateral is sold at a premium. Both, both of those are beneficial to the borrower. However, um, I do understand the shock value and I understand kind of the psychological barrier associated with having your collateral touched, especially for people who have been holding ICX for multiple years. This is like the first time they've unstaked. This is the first time they've moved it anywhere. And to see that number go down instead of up is something that makes people uneasy. And I totally get that. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of my general views and, and something that, uh, you know, it's something that can continue to be honed and improved now that it's kind of out in the wild and we're really seeing it in action. Um, and, and I do have a couple of or, or kind of one idea that I just was working on with uh, Dan Bremer, one of our smart contract developers last night, um, you know, kind of like had another brainstorming session just to try and take a step back and, and think like, you know, how can we improve this? Obviously, it's making people uncomfortable, whether it's, you know, be- uh, economically beneficial for them or not. We should try and find a way to remove that discomfort. Uh, obviously, you know, users are, our users are the most, our users in our community are the most important part of this product, uh, not, not the, 
economic design, uh, though it needs to be sound. And I think we've come up with something that, that's going to be uh, really game-changing, honestly, for how rebalancing works. Uh, I don't want to dive too deep into it until we move further into implementation, but I think like within the next week or so, I'm hoping to share more information on that with everyone um, and how it'll work. Very excited to hear that. I was going to say a, a Clubhouse exclusive, but we all know I and no, I can get those. So, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, oh, would love to hear a little bit since there's few of us in here and uh, if people have taken the time, I'm sure they would, they would um, be rewarded to hear what, what are your thoughts on how it's going to evolve, if, if it's yeah. okay. Sure, sure. It looks like we just got this guy Futai on stage, though. Why don't we give him a chance to, to speak? Oh, yes. <laughs> Did he raise his hand? I don't know if anyone let him on, but... <laughs> He's on there. Let, let's do it. Right. Uh, hey, Chris. Okay. sorry, I was muted for a second. Hey, Scott. What's up, um, Just wanted to follow up uh, regarding your last comment. Um, you had mentioned, and I think you also like tweeted about it, like about just that, that psychological effect of kind of losing, you know, your collateral, right? Which you think, at, at, and then, um, but ultimately, like, I kind of use this, the strategy that you did the video as, um, where I was actually, you know, able to buy back in at like five or 10% cheaper, you know? Um, so I don't know, maybe the storytelling of that um, just uh, could be a, a, a little more clarity. I think one um, feature that might help, and you've probably already thought about this and everything, but maybe if you get like an alert somehow that you've done the rebalancing, you know, and then it, it almost does like a snapshot of like, oh, you were rebalanced at this. So at least I could take that to like a Google sheet, do the math, figure out what it kind of um, got uh, sold at, and yeah, then I can now like... Yeah, and then I can come back and be like, okay, I can target this at least, you know, just because um, I think that's where I was a little thrown off was like, oh, when did this happen? And like, right. versus like this time in the day, you know, right. but then like, I, I, I did my own like little uh, spreadsheet. But yeah, just wanted to comment on that. Like, uh, I think your advice of like about the, the psychological aspect was like huge. Um, so then, and then, you know, people are just like scared to lose what they've been holding for a long time right. but yeah just wanted to to comment on that in my experience and then how i was able to um actually get more icx which i was like happily surprised um about so yeah just wanted to comment on that yeah man thanks now it's, it's definitely good to hear uh to hear that story um glad it worked out for you and you know i've seen a couple more of those stories on twitter um and in terms of what you were saying about calculating your average cost, you actually can do that with the uh, data that's displayed to you in the rebalancing section on the homepage, where if you take the um, amount of BNUSD that was repaid and the amount of uh, divide that by the uh, collateral sold, that'll get like your, av your, your dollar cost average essentially at where it was sold at. So sometimes yeah I, yeah no I, that's how I was grabbing it I was like that data source but, yeah, but yeah, yeah. um I was an alert like I think an alert, yeah, no alert. Like, like a yeah, notification alert right. yeah, for sure so that I could be like oh shoot like okay now I kind of need to monitor this a little more I, was, I mean I'm I'm on it pretty often but yeah just uh, um, thanks yeah no problem no problem um and then another thing on the psychological side that uh we're working on um and hoping to have done within the next 48 hours is uh just adding 
the user interface that allows people to retire the assets and you know cause the rebalancing themselves. Um, another psychological aspect that I feel like is at play here is the fact that uh, people feel like it's being done to them and they can't capitalize on it. And that's something I really underestimated. For one, I didn't expect rebalancing to happen nearly as often as it does. I think the fact that uh, we launched and then had some extreme market volatility shortly after um, definitely got to see this out in the wild and how often it would happen. So we raised the fee. Uh, we made it more beneficial for borrowers. We made some small tweaks. Um, but the fact that like it was happening so often and people kind of felt helpless, I think, that you know, there's nothing they can really do about it. They can't benefit from it. Uh, they need like There's this big learning curve about how to benefit from it. And not being able to take advantage of that arbitrage themselves, I think, um, was adding to the frustration. So, you know, adding that to the UI is something we're doing for the short term, for sure. Um, yeah, and no, then, that, that's, yeah, go ahead, yeah. go ahead. No, no, I was, I was going to say, no, that, that was actually a great question. And, and it's a good call out. And it's also just since we have a few people listening, it, it is to call out this won't always work in your favor. Um, you know, it is sometimes luck of the draw. The rebalancing, once you do your figures uh, and, and you work out that, oh, wait, it, it, this happened at a dollar and now the price is dollar thirty-five. Well, then, unfortunately, it won't work in in your favor. But at times, it will as well. So it's it it, it is a fifty-fifty kind of thing. Um, yeah, I just um, I've also had you know I've promoted when I've been successful, but but at the same time, it it, it can work the other way. It's just um, the way it's designed. So it's it's a good call out. Thank you for raising that. And and I agree. I, I actually made this comment to you, Scott, saying. Uh, I, I feel like at times I'm terrible with math <laughs> and while I'm trying to work out the rebalance and rate, I've got all these numbers and I'm like, I know I'm doing half of these equations that I don't need to do to figure out the exact price. Um, so that was a good little tip. Uh, so Scott, back to you. You were going to um, talk through some of the newer solutions. Right. Yeah. So definitely still something we're thinking through from uh, an implementation standpoint and like, uh, you know, economically how it's going to work out. But um, you know, in the end, like, uh, rebalancing, the purpose of it is, is to be able to provide arbitrage opportunities to get the peg back to where it is. Um, and, you know, initially, er, the way it's currently designed is the arbitrage opportunities are open to anybody. And then whoever does the arbitrage, uh, they're, they're making money and they're keeping that spread that they earn, um, which is obviously great for the people running the bots. And then, you know, once we add it to the UI, other people can do that as well. However, we started thinking last night, like, what if uh, there was only, what if the, the, the balanced platform actually took care of this itself, where the, because it's really like, a, since it's an arbitrage, you kind of go in this full circle where you just need, like, let's say a thousand SICX, you would sell it for BNUSD, and then you would retire the BNUSD and you end up with more than a thousand SICX and you just keep doing that over and over again until the peg goes to where it needs to go. And in theory, we could have a smart contract that does this automatically and then redistributes the arbitrage profits to the people who were rebalanced against. So that's kind of the direction that we're going where we're thinking of closing off the rebalancing feature where it's just something that is done by balanced, by the protocol, and then, in, and it'll drive the peg back down to where it needs to be, 
and then automatically deposit all of the proceeds to the borrowers right back into their deposited collateral. So as opposed to having it go down, uh, it'll actually end up growing as a result of rebalancing. Um, the fees, the arbitrage proceeds that are earned from a broken peg, those can end up being split between the balance token, uh, the, like the network fee pool, and, and the borrowers themselves is kind of the direction that we're going. So it's kind of a mouthful. Uh, not sure how clear that was to everybody. Um, but in the end, what we're trying to do is essentially altruistic arbitrage, where uh, the balance protocol has some automated bot or some automated contract that does the rebalancing. And then as opposed to keeping the profits, it'll redistribute the profits uh, to the borrowers as well. Um, and we think that will be like kind of a win-win-win for everybody with uh, it adding more to value to balance tokens because it gets added, you know, generates network fees, um, adds more value to borrowers because they actually do get more collateral out of the rebalancing process. Um, and we also get a peg that's closer to what it should be. Um, we could actually like really put the the rebalancing fee cl close to nothing at that point if if all of the proceeds go back to the borrower. So something that we're thinking through still, um, you know, hoping it's realistic from an implementation standpoint, but it does feel like a direction that we can go to um, where this all just becomes kind of a background process that ultimately ends up growing the amount of collateral that you have. Uh, yeah, do that, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I hope that made sense to you, Robert, but uh, I'll take that sure. as, as a yes. <laughs> so my question that I wanted to ask by coming up here was who was able to take care, uh, take advantage of that arbitrage? And um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, I have my, I have my theories, uh, and uh, they, they, they very well may be in this room. I know they're not on stage right now, and there was no one on the balance team, really. But uh, there was, um, you know, some wallets we identified that uh, appeared to be running rebalancing bots. And, you know, ultimately, that's a cool thing that I do want to see, that uh, someone is able to extract value from the protocol. It's a, it's a decentralized finance product. I want people to be able to earn income from it. And... Uh, you know, through, through putting in the work and, and uh, you know, um, keeping the peg the way it should be, right? I mean, we do need people uh, and need bots to make sure that BNUSD is actually a stable coin and not, you know, uh, something that could be just as good as a Dogecoin. So, sure. um, you know, it needs, the peg needs to be maintained. Um, I think, you know, seeing this out in the wild right now and, uh, you know, thinking a little more about um, how we can optimize, um, you know, I think this is a good push uh, to think a little deeper about um, how we can optimize this process. Um, yeah, and I think we're going to get there, man. I'm feeling pretty confident about what I just described. So, you know, I'll share more details as they come. Sure. So I guess, can you correct me on my maths here? Uh, I think what threw me off most with the rebalancing was how often it was happening, which is, I guess, something that's going to get worked out. Uh, well, it future. will happen. It will still happen every time the peg is broken, but if we're able to implement the design that I just described, instead of it selling your collateral at a premium, um, that'll still happen, but you'll get the collateral right back plus the income generated through the arbitrage. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how much ICX was actually sold off in the past couple of days? Uh, I don't have that number handy, but it was definitely a pretty sizable amount yeah. of the BNUSD that was retired. Um, 
I mean, pretty much any time the peg is broken, uh, it's profitable to do that. Uh, what, you know, if it's broken by more than 5%, and since we literally had a 40% drop in right. ICX price in a matter of minutes or maybe hours, um, you know, that was profitable to do for a long time, right? You could just keep that, that the, you just keep doing wash, rinse, repeat on, on, on the decks. You sell SICX, you get BNUSD, you retire the BNUSD, you get more SICX, and you just keep doing that over and over until the peg is back to where it was. And who's ever doing this is going to be uh, netting a lot of uh, SICX or BNUSD, whichever they end up finishing on. But yeah. Yeah, cause by my maths, it looks like at least 5 million ICX was sold off. Correct me if I'm wrong there. Um, yeah, I'm really not sure. I haven't looked at the, the actual numbers, so I don't want to pigeonhole myself into something, but that, right. that very well could be possible. But, uh, you know, again, uh, it's still sold at, at a premium uh, to what the market price is. So okay. there's still some benefit there. It's always been sold at a premium. Okay, I'm following. Um, I like where you're heads at with the the automatic rebalancing that that feels like the uh, impression I got from the project like I was not expecting like you said the the rate of the rebalancing but with yeah. the 40% drop I guess that's a, a stress test that uh, was unpredictable yeah and it's also like the type of users that we have is, is another thing is like nobody wants to sell any ICX, even if they can sell ICX on the decks at like a 30% premium to what it's being sold on the market, they still don't want to do it. And that's right. kind of uh, another thing that I didn't expect, which makes rebalancing happen for, far more often. If, if borrowers are never going to sell their collateral to, to pay back their debt, even though they're underwater, then like yeah. somebody is going to have to do it, right? I expected right. When, the, when the price dropped that people are like, oh shit, uh, I'm not earning rewards anymore. I need to sell some ICX for BNUSD to pay back my debt and get below the, uh, the rewards threshold again. But that really didn't seem to be happening at all. In fact, the price of ICX was well, continuing to I rise. Was below the, I was kept below the reward threshold the whole time. I was I selling what I needed to and paying off the BNUSD that I needed to, to stay below the reward threshold. But, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like when I logged in, uh, that morning when I, during, during the market crash, I mean, the first thing I did was have to, liquidate a bunch of collateral uh from balance you know i i leveraged up i, I purchased a I borrowed bnusd i bought a bunch of icx with it like in the early days um balanced and you know when uh the market's tanking it's time to unwind that trade a bit and uh, uh right. pay back and pay back some debt you know so that's that was like what i kind of expected the market dynamic to be but didn't yeah really no i'm a hodler it. i can <laughs> hodle through some pretty gruesome dips so <laughs> yeah and i think uh i think we've got that uh Definitely got that vibe in the uh, in the icon community, which is not something I'm complaining about. Don't get me wrong. Right. So, who's going to have access to these bots? Is it going to be something you got to program yourself, or? So yeah, I guess the way that uh, the, the the what I, are you talking about? What I described earlier, like With the, the arbitrage. Patch? Yeah. Yeah. Well, the arbitrage is what's live right now, where anyone can make a bot and uh, and and earn income from the arbitrage. And then I'm also working on adding that to the user interface so you don't need a bot, so you can just manually do it through the, through the app. Um, okay. But the longer term solution is that nobody needs to do this and it's something that kind of happens in the background. Um, sure. 
on balance that, you know, balanced smart contracts uh, rebalance everything on their own and then redistribute the collateral to people. Um, uh, if you can do that, that'd yeah. be very cool. Yeah, I'm pumped. I, I think it's going to happen. So, all right. We'll see. Hey, we'll see. Hey, Robert, did that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, sure. All right. All right, cool. I, mean, I didn't hand it back lose over to anything you. substantially, so I'm not upset. But <laughs> I mean, the rebalancing little... worked in my favor. Like it just kept me on, like it kept me good the entire way. I didn't like selling my ICX, but I didn't get liquidated, and something like that is beneficial when Coinbase is down, Gemini's down, uh, ETH is like you know 500 way. Like it's just you know sometimes you're just stuck, and it here is rebalanced and looking out for you in, in a way, kind of with someone else benefiting from it, though. Of course, yeah, you know? it can. Yeah, it can, it can, it can work out, and maybe, maybe did save some people from getting liquidated. I'm not sure. Well, we're never going to hear that story. You know, no one's going to tweet <laughs> about that, to be honest. Right. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so, all right, cool. Um, do we have? Uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's so, uh, any any other questions? Yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say, like what you described, Scott, earlier, put in extremely simple terms, is essentially when a rebalance happens, forgetting all the background technical mumbo jumbo, uh, <laughs> a rebalance happens at the same time. Part of the fees and the purchases, it, it's kind of one transaction right after it's replaced to to get you back to the same spot you were. So, for the user's perspective, um, barely, if anything, they'll barely notice anything. Well, actually, um, if we can get what I described to work, you'll actually uh, it'll you'll actually be earning money again by by borrowing. Um, you'll be earning balance tokens. You'll be earning SICX. Like your what you would experience in the rebalancing, um, if we are able to pull this off, is your debt would go down and your collateral would either stay the same or go up. So it would be uh, okay. it would be a win win for you. Yeah. You would just have less debt oh. to repay. That's brilliant because then, then you got your staking rewards and everything. Then uh, at the end of the day, that will make sure when you look at your collateral, it's always going up at some point rather than um, at the moment where people get scared and, and don't realize to look at the rebalance and stuff. Okay, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. And Scott, you mentioned if are we saying now, what are you thinking? A month, two months, three months? I don't mean to slot you into a time zone here, but um, just... Just, just a general. Uh, what? How much work, rework is required on that process? Do you feel? I, it's not a matter of the rework necessarily, as much as the testing. I want to say like at least two weeks before like this aspect that I just described is live. At least two weeks. I'd say two week, two, that's, two to four weeks, most likely. Yeah, that's brilliant. Not too long at all. Okay. So Scott, I kind of want to invite Pirate Nine to like join the discussion a little bit. Um, maybe we can have you know have a group discussion about what was the most difficult part about building, building balanced. Um, what is it like a future obstacle you see that balance has to overcome to like become like a really big dex in the future? Um, maybe you could provide some insight on that. Yeah, um, it's kind of two big problems I see with DeFi at the moment. Uh, it's overly verbose and calculation and action are separate. Um, for the, the verbose part, I, I think most technology in its early phase is overly verbose. Uh, you know, a good example of this was like computers in the 90s when you were turning them on, you'd see, it would show you the boot screen, right? And you'd have how many hard drives were installed if the floppy drive was initialized, all the services. Um, really dig yourself there, Pete. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but you, you know now you wouldn't even think of that if you saw you know your phone showing a boot screen or anything you'd just be like this is it, it looks old and it looks outdated and it wasn't because the engineers were trying to overcomplicate the user with all of this stuff they were actually being quite virtuous they were just trying to show all the complexities of the back end and if anything went wrong 
here's, here's where it went wrong, forgetting that users actually just don't care. And I think a lot of DeFi suffers from this where it's really overly verbose. Like there's a whole bunch of percentages and equations and people going in and going, you know, what the hell is LTV and all this sort of stuff. And so we've tried to, to reduce it down to, you know, your risk ratio is just a number that you ha have, like the ICX price that you have to be aware of. And, and that's it. You know, any LTV or anything else is, is, um, is, is irrelevant because you've got higher value data. The, the other part was the calculation and action. And the, see, the problem with balance is it's an imprecise experience. There are a lot of moving parts that affect your balance. Um, so, you know, if you were to watch over your collateral balance, you would watch it increase from staking rewards, watch it decrease due to rebalancing, watch it increase from the network fees collected. And so it's all of those little fluctuations that make it this imp imprecise experience. Um, so entering, entering any number like quickly becomes redundant. Um, so we need to give them a tool that supports them against those sort of limitations, which is you know where the slider comes in, because users uh, need information before they can take action, and having a slider means that the user can preview their position, what it might look like at a, at a range of positions, and so they don't have to calculate their risk ratio or work out what their loan limit might be, all they have to do is drag a simple little slider and it's doing that all for them. And you can look at something like uh, MakerDAO and they've now added a, a slider to their marketing page, but it's still not within the, the app. So you can see how much you would earn, but it's, they're, they're separate. They're, they're still divorced where you should be combining them together. There's no context of where it would actually put you in relation to your position and, and your own numbers. So it's... Uh it makes it very difficult to be able to work out where you would be and if you're still going to earn rewards, especially because we have the reward threshold is so, uh, so, high, it's so far back from the liquidation threshold. But um, just being able to show that to people really easily so they can make sure they're always within that optimal range. Um, we hadn't really found anything else that showed you that information before you made a decision. It was kind of you just saw the data, you had to just kind of make a guess at it and then confirm it and pile of fees and hope that it worked out for the best. Because the key here is it becomes very low commitment to get a wealth of information and you want it to be low commitment because good design is all about reducing user time and effort. Every decision that we make on our end is going through that filter. Does this help reduce user time and effort? And if not, we're very hesitant to, to implement something that will you know just make it more difficult. And I think in the balance interface at the moment, it's actually at a point that every additional element we add will add exponential complexity to the user. It, it might not look jam-packed, but it, it is from our perspective. Um, we're, we're trying to have elements fight over each other to see which should be on, you know, which should be visible to the user, and trying to retire other elements that that don't serve the user. I think uh, a recent example of this would be the we've removed the how much debt you had on the platform in favor of the liquidation price. Although the, the liquidation price was still available through a tooltip, it, it was worrying some people. So, you know, we weren't going to add in another bit of uh, information there. We just wanted to replace the debt with with uh, your liquidation price. I think... Um it's it's really good to get some perspective there, Lisa and Peter, because I know, for example, a lot of people's first foray into DeFi is via balance, especially 
um, icon bag holders who haven't spent time in other ecosystems. And um, and even then, someone who's new to it looks at it and may, some of the concepts are confusing, but from a user perspective, it's, it's extremely simple. And I, I really can say this because I know when I ventured into DeFi on Ethereum a couple of years back, there were just numbers being thrown at me left, right, and center, and I couldn't make head or tail of it. And the whole idea of, you know, debt, it was all new to me. Like, uh, I work in finance, but I never pay attention to what the hell's going on. Um, it was only, <laughs> it was only into when I ventured into, yeah, yeah. So it was when I ventured into DeFi, I'm like, oh, shit, this is how it all works. Okay. Um, and, and, and then I started, uh, you know, getting, un- understanding the numbers. So, um, yeah, you're right. Right now, what you're seeing is very much the relevant figures you need to see and, and keep it simple as well so that the user doesn't get overwhelmed. Really, I really um, I appreciate all the time and effort and perfectionism that has gone into creating <laughs> oh, the product. perfectionism. That is, that is yes. <laughs> per- perfectionism to a fault sometimes, perhaps. <laughs> 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 it's really hard not to, to yeah to keep tweaking and refining but it, it's interesting that you mentioned the ethereum thing because i feel like on ethereum see there's an interaction cost to using anything it's the effort that users must exert to reach their goals and if their effort required outweighs the value received they won't do it but on ethereum they are receiving value so they're willing to like through a whole bunch of uh, steps just to try get that that value so I think there's still people trying to use uh, you know DeFi that's above their their skill level but it's just because of the perceived gains and the problem is um, when we were doing a lot of the research for this um, I came across a really interesting statistic you've probably seen it in the balanced marketing um, only one percent of crypto investors were using DeFi um, and that just kind of goes to show you that the state that the DeFi is in, it's still very early and it's it's not simple enough for everyone to use. If we've got 99% of people that already hold crypto, they don't want to go near DeFi because it's too complicated. That is a problem and we need to be able to simplify it and create better conventions to, for usability in order to increase the number um, of people that adopt that. Yeah, it's interesting. I saw someone on uh, Twitter saying the other day that they were surprised Uniswap was so big because it's, it's so basic. And it's like, that, that's the point. That's like saying, I'm surprised Google's the world's most used search engine because all it has is a text box and a button. You know, like, that's what your <laughs> end goal is. Yeah, for sure. No, that's a great comparison. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that's Uniswap's beauty of it is there are two fields. That's it, you know. Um, although version three has complicated things, but let's not go there. Uh, <laughs> so, okay. Now, let's let's uh, if again, just a reminder to everyone in the room. You know, if you if you do have questions, you can take part in the discussion. There's a something that you can click to raise your hand, and you'll come up on stage and. And it's your moment. Um, if we don't see anyone on stage, we'll keep um, firing off some questions. So uh, I think let, let's give ev- the audience some stuff they probably uh, won't hear about, some inside scoops. Um, so <laughs> a few questions that me and Donnie had, had created earlier. Um, okay, so we've got the next assets listed, right? Uh, when do you feel, from not from a DEX perspective, at what stage, Scott, and Parrot9, feel free to ch- jump in here. Will we see our next asset? We've got BNUSD. When do you feel the next asset um, will get listed on the platform or created on the platform using the ICX? Next, the next synthetic asset? That's right. Right, yeah. So um, 
There's another bit of uh, information that I can share here of something that we're a direction we're considering going. Um, so I guess the original plan was, uh, you know, it is fairly simple for us to add more assets with the current um, with the current model where we allow people to mint something new. We set up a liquidity pool for it. We allocate some rewards to it. Uh, people provide liquidity and then they can trade it and you try and maintain the peg and there's like rebalancing going on there as well. Um, but, uh, you know, I personally, the more I think about it, I don't think that's really that scalable. I mean, we maybe add like one or two more assets if, uh, they become, if it becomes like a, a really high demand. Um, but something I'm thinking of, uh, which is uh, a little to, yeah, whatever, I'll go into it a bit, is something I'm calling the balanced clearinghouse, um, which what I'm hoping to do is to essentially take some time to hone this model where we can just add just a bit, you know, we could add every asset under the sun uh, kind of all at once, um, where that me the mechanism would be a bit different, where instead of creating a liquidity pool on the decks for every one of these new assets and trying to get liquidity for them and incentivize it and get, you know, a deep enough pool that people can, you know, short the assets they want to short and rebuy them when they want at, at the true price. Um, I'm thinking of something, yeah, the, the balance clearinghouse where people would be incentivized to deposit balance dollars into uh, a giant pool called the clearinghouse. And then, you know, someone who wants to short something could just, you know, scroll through a long list of assets and say, you know what, I want to short, uh, I want to short oil today. And then they would mint a synthetic oil and they would sell it to the clearinghouse. And then the clearinghouse would reoffer that asset uh, at some sort of fixed spread above where it bought the asset. And then someone else would, you know, come along and be like, oh, you know what, I want to buy oil today. And this is actually a cheaper place to buy it um, based on the true price. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm trying to do is create this big pool of balance dollars where people can buy and sell uh, any assets against it. Just need to work out uh, the economics of that. I mean, it's going to be kind of a longer term project if we go in that direction. Uh, it would take like several months to, to work on something like that, make sure the economic model is, is, uh, is sound. But I did talk about it with uh, some of our strategic partners. They really liked the direction. Um, I was talking about it with some of the guys on the synthetics team. Um, they think it makes a lot of sense to go that way. Um, and it's essentially creating like a futures, futures exchange, um, where people would, you know, deposit BNUSD and act as the clearinghouse and earn, earn a spread for doing so. Um, that would be kind of the plan for, for more synthetic assets. That's, that's the direction that I'm leaning, but we could, we could do, uh, you know, maybe one or two, uh, you know, highly demanded assets, maybe like a synthetic Bitcoin or something like that. Um, if we wanted to in the meantime, while, while we're working on that, but you know, with the way things have been going with balance dollars, I mean, I want balance dollars to be maintaining their peg almost perfectly before we start throwing all sorts of different assets uh, into the market. You know, balanced oil isn't going to be doing much if the peg is drifting by like 20, 30%. So I want the whole platform to stabilize. It's early days, um, which I'm sure many of you are aware of here. And, uh, you know, overall feeling pretty positive about um, the longer term, the longer term vision there. Scott, just a quick question. Um, would uh, BNUSD ever be collateralized of, let's say, a DAI through a bridge or, you know, lock up DAI on Ethereum, verify it, and then help to maintain that dollar peg, maybe with other 
stable coins like uh, USDC um, or anything like that? Yeah, uh, I wouldn't say yeah, not not collateralized, but we, we're, we're definitely we're definitely planning on adding a pair of uh, BNUSD against um, another dollar stablecoin, whether it's uh, you know something that we bring over from Ethereum or whether it's a stablecoin that we use through Bridge. I'm not sure how many are aware of Bridge, but it's uh, BridgePay.money. Um, that's another product that ICX Station is working on that will have. Um, its own stablecoin, uh, dollar-backed, like USD-backed, fiat-backed stablecoin, like USDC. Um, and we'll definitely add that pair, which will actually be pretty, pretty awesome to have once, we, once, once that gets going. Then you can really borrow balanced dollars, convert them to these stablecoins, and take it right into your bank account. That's kind, of, uh, kind of something I've always wanted to see happen. Looking forward to that. What about um, uh, some... Uh, the a lot of people ask this CoinGecko, CMC. They want to see you know balance and BNUSD and all these things noted on these sites. How how is the team going with things like that? Yeah, it's, it's coming along. Um, should have the application in pretty soon. Uh, I was talking to CoinGecko last night just about uh, one thing that uh, they needed was a, a stats page. So we uh, you know threw together kind of a uh, a rough one uh, that we're not sharing publicly yet. Um, to, for the for CoinGecko, um, and then you know we had to develop and share the necessary APIs. It's really important that you get these things right. Um, may seem like it's taking a long time, but you know uh, if we want, if, you know, if Balance starts putting out bad data on CoinGecko, and, and you know they find out and they get really annoyed, like that's just a really bad look. So we have the uh, we've been working on like a, a better backend along with the uh, Geometry team, formerly known as Insight. And it's in kind of the stabilization phase. So we're going to hand off the APIs to them, uh, hoping either today or tomorrow. And we'll see how long it takes for them to actually get it up once, once we submit the application. That's and great. Then, That's yeah, great. Point market news. cap, from what I hear, uh, I mean, we're still talking to them as well and still going to apply, but I'm pretty sure like the application process for coin market cap is coin market cap is like, is this on coin gecko? And if yes, all right, sounds good. So, um, you know, we'll still apply to both, of course, but that's that's what I've heard about the process. Great. Um, Scott, just Chris? another quick question. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the utility of Balanced. Um, where, you know, where is it headed? I know we can vote with it. How is voting going to look like? Um, is it going to be easy to vote? Um, can you just go over some of those things with us, please? Sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, from the user experience standpoint, I'll let... Uh, Pete and Lisa talk about what their vision is. Um, but in terms of like just strictly utility, you're right. You'll, you'll be able to vote for it. Like things like the rebalancing fee, like is something I'm looking forward, like I'm looking forward to getting a forum going like there is on, on icon. I haven't started it yet because, you know, I don't want people to start like talking about stuff and there's really nothing they can do just yet. Um, but yeah, I mean, you'll be able to adjust things like the rebalancing fee, right? Like that was kind of a big topic. Some people, are like, lower the rebalancing fee. The peg is really important. And other people are like, who cares about the peg? We need a high rebalancing fee. I'm tired of this happening. Um, so, you know, that type of uh, issue, I think, is perfect for, perfect example of, like, if you have more balanced tokens, you'll have a louder voice in that discussion and be able to vote on changing the rebalancing fee, changing the origination fee, um, changing, like, the uh, allocation of 
uh, network fees between the Dow fund and balance token holders. Like maybe some people think it's more important to reinvest, blah, 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 like that kind of stuff. So, oh, and then the final piece that I think uh, could end up adding a lot of value to balance tokens as well is uh, the ability to delegate the ICX held in, uh, in the pool to a specific node. So if you are uh, a validator on ICON, uh, a peer app or whatever, then uh, you, you would be able, if you have a lot of balance tokens, you'd be able to you know, kind of push the delegation of the pool uh, towards your own node is something that we'll add in the future. So then there's like genuine governance power uh, considering like 10% of the ICON network last I checked was locked up and balanced. So that'd be pretty meaningful, I think. Yeah, as in to how it's going to look, we're actually not sure. <laughs> nice. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're, we're, we're always just as uh, curious as to the end result as any of the users or clients that we have. So uh, we just, we fail a lot um, to try and get the right outcome. So we're just trying lots of variations at the moment to, to make something that's just as easy as what people are saying that the the interfaces. Mm. But I, I guess um, from an initial standpoint, if you want to look at the uh, OM prototype, so if you go to OM.finance and um, have a look at the prototype, if you go to the vote page, you'll see that there's uh, the voting functionality for, for PREPs is there. So you'd be able to vote for up to five PREPs and it would just uh, delegate your, your voting power equally across those five. So uh, for balance, we would do a similar thing there. Um, we're just still working out how to fit the, the additional governance stuff in around that as well. So um, working on that at the moment, but our first piece that we are working on for voting is actually for the network fee distribution. So um, we'll be having a vote on that before we've actually got the full uh, voting page uh, built. So that's going to be a little bit of a, a different design. So um, at this, this point, we're basically thinking there'll just be a button on the rewards section uh, with the option to vote and it'll just bring up a modal where you can see all the details about the, the change and uh, yeah, be able to vote from there and be able to track uh, how that vote progress is going until it's finished. And yeah, once we've got that vote done, then we will be able to progress from there into having the full vote page functionality. Awesome, thank you. So uh, Scott, we're, we're reaching about 50 minutes in. I'm not sure how much longer we have you. Um, if, anyone, if anyone in the audience wants to ask questions, now is the time to do that. Um, Fez, if you have anything to you know add or any more questions uh, you need to ask, yeah. So uh, anyone, please step up. I know I'm going to ask a very cheeky question now. So, you know, Scott and, and Parrot9, feel free to chip in. We've seen across ICON strategic DeFi applications being created, balance being critical in all DeFi ecosystems, something like this exists. You know, we've got um, OM, not OMM. Lisa, how are you feeling? I got it right. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and, and a few now, equality and, uh, you know, Optimus, where, uh, things like that. Now, one of, the, one of the aspects I was discussing with Brian on a, on a conversation was the savings protocol. Have we got something, you know, so we see in DeFi standard, there's like your bank account where I don't want to take any risks. I just want to put my stable coin into something and earn interest. Say like Anchor, is something like this envisioned or... Or is it being kept hush-hush? Or is there something like this being worked on in the Icon ecosystem? Well, uh, first thing I want to say is uh, <laughs> there's certainly risk in all of them, Anchor included. Um, so let's not think yes. that it's uh, the same as a bank account for uh, 
just for the record. Um, but yeah, I get what you're saying. You just want to deposit money and earn yield. And that, that's what Ohm does. Uh, you deposit stable coins and you earn interest uh, on the stable coins. So Ohm, Ohm fulfills that goal. There you go. Quick answer yep. to a long yeah. question. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, pretty excited about, uh, about Ohm, um, especially once we have bridge worked out. Uh, they kind of go hand in hand. So it's going to be going to be pretty big. Scott, if you could paint us a picture of what it's going to look like in a couple of years when we have all the DeFi running smoothly on an uh, icon or through DTP, do you have like a, how, how do you envision that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think like uh, what I'm really excited for, like longer term is something like Optimus, um, especially with BTP. So Optimus is a yield aggregator. Um, so it can automatically farm your, or mine your balance tokens and then sell them for ICX and, you know, just turn that into a stable yield for your ICX. Um, that's like one thing they can do. Um, and, you know, five years from now or so with, with BTP, like really well established, we have many different assets uh, or many different blockchains connected. Something like Optimus could, you know, really seek out the best possible yield opportunities across like, you know, every network in the BTP ecosystem. Um, so that's just like one specific you know, in terms of like uh, BTP, since since you wove that in there, um, that's like what I find exciting about BTP. But um, I guess these days, like when I think about Ohm and Bridge, um, those those also get me really excited to the point that like, you know, you have the Bridge. If we you know create a Bridge mobile app, would be awesome. People can deposit cash directly into it. They sign in only with their email. It gets deposited like directly into Ohm. They start earning a yield. I mean, I think that through DeFi products like this with a seamless user experience um, and great design, thanks to uh, Parrot9, who's had their hand in all three of the products we've discussed, uh, Balanced, Ohm, and Bridge. Um, all of those products uh, include Parrot9 designs and have great user experience. I mean, I'm looking forward to, like, instead of having to stand over my dad's shoulder and teach him how to... Uh, you know, either play uh, blackjack on IconVet or, uh, you know, use Balanced and have him click through IconX and type in his password a million times and be like, oh, no, all you have to do is turn on autosign. It's like really not that big a deal. Like instead of having to have that conversation, having him just type in his email, click deposit cash, and then click deposit on the Ohm interface, and he starts earning, you know, a much more favorable yield um, and it being that easy. That's even easier than setting up a bank account when it comes down to it. So, um, you know, that's kind of what I see happening. Or what I, the vision that I want is, you know, enough of like liquidity mining wars between different protocols. Like, oh, Binance Smart Chain is a higher yield than Ethereum and it's cheaper fees. Like, everyone move your assets over to Binance Smart Chain. Like, that's not really the battle I plan on fighting is with the existing ecosystem. But getting, you know, my friends and family from outside this industry to see how easy it is to generate more yield on their dollars. I mean, like, my dad gets excited about, like, 25 basis points of APY from his SoFi account. I mean, come on. It's a joke to us, right? Let's, let's get more people involved in our ecosystem, uh, not fight over the existing ones. That's kind of what I see happening. Yeah, that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, so just... Doing one last round. Anyone else currently in the room want to ask questions? 
this is your moment. You've got the right people in the room. You can see how I've been trying to sneakily ask for exclusives as well. <laughs> hey, Scott. Hello, Ardit. How Hi. are you? Not too bad, mate. Thanks for this great project. Just want to ask, um, well, thank God no one got liquidated yesterday, but it, when do you actually get liquidated? Is it when the price hits or is it on the, when the snapshot is taken? If, uh, if it was to occur. Works, it, is, it is a, a bot. Or someone needs to be running a bot. Um, you know, like whether it's someone on the balance team or anyone, anyone in the community can uh, look, can call the liquidate method on the smart contract. And if somebody is in liquidation status, then they'll get a reward for doing that. They'll get some of that person's collateral. So that, that's oh, how it works. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yep. So yeah, there's like an incentive to, to liquidate other people um, once uh, they're in that status. So people, you know, during the market drop, people could have been pinging the liquidate method and seeing if anything was happening. I'm assuming men, not many people are doing that, but uh, if they are, is it something where you've literally got 30 seconds, a minute, five, or you wouldn't know? Uh, well, yeah, I mean, it's it, the Oracle, uh, the band Oracle, I think updates prices like every five minutes currently. So okay. if the price during the update uh, was at the point where you would have been liquidated and then somebody calls the liquidate method on, on your address or on your uh, yeah, account, then, then you'll be liquidated. Right. Okay. But one, you know, some enhancements that we're thinking about uh, for longer term, uh, these are the kind of things we'll do like before lowering the uh, collateralization requirements. It's like adding like a TWAP for the, for the Oracle price, uh, time-weighted average price. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, like we'll take, uh, what's it called? The, uh, you know, the average Oracle price over the last, you know, like 30 minutes or so, rather than just the five minutes Oracle shot. price. Yeah, okay. exactly. Awesome. That's something that we'll do. It shouldn't be all that hard. I think right now is not, yeah. uh, not as it essential would, since we require so much collateral. It would actually be cool for you if you was to work out uh, how many people got saved due to rebalancing. So maybe you could tweet that out to say, actually, look, this does really help. But anyway, that's probably you probably ain't got time for that. But yeah, thank <laughs> no, you. No, yeah, it would have been cool for sure. I, I, yeah. I, I hear you. All right, thank you. Thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks for the question. Man, great job. Sure. Yeah, thanks. Good question. Um, anyone else? If not, I'll just quickly want to first shout out Chris. Let's see if we, we have one shout more. Out. Oh yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. There's JJ. Let's see. Let's see. Hello, JJ. I don't see him on stage. I'm trying to invite him to speak. Let's see. Edit. Oh, well. Open. Is that so. what the... What are these cones on people's thing, celebration things? What do they mean? I'm assuming it's the first time user, maybe. Oh, okay. Oh, yes. I, we have it as well. Yeah. <laughs> Icons without labels, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See where hey, y'all went. Oh, that's great. Hey. <laughs> uh, um, JJ's trying to get on stage for some reason. I can't invite him on. Can Maybe you can give, give it a try. If you have any questions left or Scott, you want to like add anything to it before we wrap things up? Uh, no, I mean, I think uh, there were some good questions. I'm, I'm happy to do this, you know, once every so often, whatever, once a week, once every two weeks, whatever we think uh, makes sense. Um, you know, I'm always down for like an AMA or something, or I'm in Telegram all the time anyway. My DMs are a constant AMA, so 
there's always that. <laughs> but I mean, I'm happy to uh, happy to do stuff like this anytime, really. I think um, on that, I was going to give a shout out to Chris, uh, just just for everyone to know. Chris actually came up with this idea and pitched it to Scott. Scott, in turn, as Scott does, sounds like you're the perfect man for the job. And then Chris has actually organized everything end to end, put everything together just on a on a whim where he had this idea. So huge shout out. Thank you, Chris, so much for everything you've done to get this organized. Agreed. Agreed. Thanks for, thanks for your time, you know. Um, sorry. Uh, all right. Well, if, if, if we're all set up, all wrapped up, I want to thank everyone for their time. I know everyone's time is the most precious thing out there. Um, Scott, maybe we could do this like every two weeks to update everyone, or at least when, when new updates are coming out. Oh, last thing. I know there's an update coming out for, um, for the actual, for balance. What's that going to look like? You know, there's like, I know that we're going to have charts or we're going to have statistics. Sorry. That's the last, I know I, I just remembered <laughs> yeah. this question. All good. All good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're, 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 uh, we're calling it the geometry upgrade because it's the uh, it's the geometry backend. Uh, they're like DevOps experts, backend experts. Like love working with those guys, um, and they did some some work for us previously. Um, so that kind of is all related to the CoinGecko APIs as well. But it's you know a really robust backend that you know grabs uh, what's it called? Grabs the uh, grabs data from the blockchain, organizes it in a really clean way for us to display. So that comes with like a statistics page. Um, transaction history uh, and charts are like all fed by that back end. Um, so we're pretty excited to get that stood up and, uh, you know, start integrating all the, uh, all the back end APIs into the charts and, and transaction history and stuff. Awesome. Awesome. Any, any, any final words from Parrot9? Thank you for, you know, for your time again. I know what time is it over there? Uh, it is lunchtime. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's not so bad. <laughs> Um, yeah, nothing really to say. Just uh, thank you guys so much for, for joining and, and for organizing this as well, Chris. Um, it's been really good fun. We are definitely, uh, if you're wanting to organize this on a regular basis, we're more than happy to take part as well. High on Icon is proudly supported by Icon Nation and the Icon community. Shout out to our sponsors at Icon Bet. Open source, decentralized gaming, no deposits, play straight from your wallet. Icon bet made by the players for the players.